it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. Thanks for your company. I'm Vaughan Benison. Some of you may remember about 18 months ago we spoke with Erica Tandori, who's an artist who was putting together an exhibition last May, in fact. She's got another exhibition coming up in just over a week. She joins me now to talk about it. Last time we spoke to you was, uh, oh, I think it was probably around about mid-May last year, and you were uh, hoping that uh, blind and vision-impaired people would come for a 3D tactile exhibition regarding virology and things like that. How did that go, and what's been happening since? Well, it was a fabulous exhibition. It was probably the first of its kind in Australia and maybe even the world. We had an entire exhibition that was all exploring um, infection and immunity. You could touch the models, feel them, do interactive activities. It it covered all facets of infection and immunity that we do here at the Biomedicine Discovery Institute and Professor Jamie Ross-John's lab. Uh, and then since then, it's really kicked off. We had uh, a really successful exhibition at the University of New South Wales at Christmas time last year. We did it kind of on single cell biology, um, but that, that just covered all different facets again. And once again, it was specifically designed for the low vision and blind community. And then this year we participated in Extrasensory, uh, which was held at Parliament House, Victoria, um, and that was attended by well over a 1,000 people, probably more like 2,000. That was fantastic. We had um, science displays in every room and we had our sensory science display there and and I even included like the olfactory sensors so I, I had... Um, stinky stuff sort of enveloping a lot of my molecules and things like that so you could really get a taste and smell of all the um all the immune cells and and bacteria and whatnot uh and then we took it to the lion's eye institute um as part of eye research week at the end of october this year um, and in between all that time, we actually became finalists in the Eureka Prize uh, in Science. So that was really exciting. Wow. It was great to be recognised for that. Just explain your role in the process. So I am the artist in residence at Professor Jamie Ross John's lab. And I help the scientists articulate uh, visually and tactilely their research. I look at the things that they do and explore what they do. I use all sorts of things to describe the actions of cells and uh, immunity. I'll I'll use anything to make these little sculptures. I mean, you can literally hold these cells in your hands. And I use food, popcorn, yeast, paper mache, uh, everything you can think of that will convey the idea of science and what we're trying to convey so that you can actually hold these in your hands. You can explore science at a whole new level. Um, So as the artist, it's actually really, really fascinating. Uh, But I am also legally blind. So, you know, I come to this from that perspective as well. You know, I think we live in a really visually dominant world and 
it's really good to show people, well, actually, I can't see that. We need to make it some other way. We need to be able to convey these ideas in another way. So is it an unusual thing um, in your experience to have an artist in residence in a science lab? I mean, the two seem um, oxymoronic in a lot of ways. Um, is, yeah. is this something that happens a lot? It's probably something that's growing. Um, I think it's actually a very, very interesting space. So we're seeing a growth in that art-science connection, but in actual fact, at, during the Renaissance, there was no division. If we look back to Leonardo da Vinci, he, he, his drawings of helicopter designs, his, store, his drawings of, of um, um, you know, arms and skeletons and and everything he explored in the human body. He drew things. He tried to uncover how muscles work. He was a scientist without a doubt. There was no, there was no division between art and science back then. And in actual fact, art always had this incredible science bend to it because they were examining lenses. They were looking at camera obscura. They used a lot of science to create their art. And they also used art to explore science. So how did you get involved in this? I kind of came by it naturally. I'd always been an artist, so I was selling my artwork from a young age um, because my family were involved in the art business, um, art dealing, and we had a gallery in High Street, Armadale. I grew up in that gallery serving customers and, and I would see amazing artworks come into the shop and your customers would be framing them or would be hanging them on the wall for sale or whatever. And I saw firsthand some of Australia's best artists and uh, I wanted to paint like that. So I became an oil painter. Uh, and then I sort of progressed through high school and I was always selling my work, even even as a teenager. Um, uh, then I thought, oh, maybe I can't make money out of art. I'll, I'll go and study journalism. So I became a journalist and then I thought, mm, yeah, I think I'll go back to uni. So I did a philosophy degree at Melbourne Uni. And then after that I thought, okay, I will now go to the Victorian College of the Arts and do um, a bachelor's degree in painting. And it was at that time when I began my studies at art school at the Victorian College of the Arts that I was diagnosed with Stargardt's disease and I was told to leave art school give up, learn touch typing. In effect, I was told your life is over. Don't, just don't pursue art. Just go and do something else that, you know, and, um, and after six months I did leave. So I became an actor <laughs> and a singer. <laughs> and then years later I did return to art and I kept on working. And then I got my PhD at the Victorian College of the Arts uh, and in that PhD, I explored how my vision loss looks through cent through central vision loss. Okay. I described through art what blindness looks like. So what happens with central vision loss is ophthalmologists immediately assume that there's a black spot. If there's a dead cell, it equals black. And they think that what you see is this perfect field of vision with a black spot in the middle. And I don't. I mm. see nothing. And my brain tries to fill in that space of nothingness and plays all sorts of tricks on me. And it's very visually tiring and it's ever-changing. It's very dynamic. It's very mercurial 
Um, and it, it, it's actually incredible to articulate what this vision loss looks like through painting because what we're doing is we're using the very visual language of art to describe the loss of vision itself. As you say, it's a perfect amalgam of, of art and science. Yeah, yeah. You've got another exhibition coming up very shortly. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, I, I do. So on uh, December the 6th, we are finally back at Monash University, Clayton, um, and we will have a scientific, a sensory science exhibition on cancer research. So it's about the cancer research that we do here at the Biomedicine Discovery Institute. Professor Roger Daly heads the cancer research unit here and it's a whole new uh, range of incredible models. I think what's also going to be interesting, it's, it's, it's been really interesting trying to articulate the processes of cancer. And again, I'm coming to it you know, as, as a layperson, not as a not as a scientist. So the scientists are explaining to me how these things occur. We've got a whole range of different activities, and we've made different tactile posters, different models. Uh, all the scientists have been fully engaged in making amazing things. And you know, we have different aspects. You know, immunotherapy, targeted therapies, um, how the immune system is involved, all sorts of different different things um, and it's free it's open at 8 45 uh, a.m and goes to 12 30 i think one of the things i made for the for this particular exhibition is a giant chess game and the chess game involves an array of cancer cells and on the other side are the immune cells that will fight them so it's going to be great to see everyone actually picking these cells up and playing a game of chess and doing that exploring how the immune system interacts with the with the cancer cells and and hopefully combats it so but again you know all these things are they they look stunning but they're incredible to feel how can people find Uh, out more information and do they need to book um they probably do need to register um and also through a lot of the social media networks, we'll be able to find the Sensory Science um, Eventbrite form. Or also if you just go to Monash University and the Biomedicine Discovery Institute, there'll be links up there for people to, to click on. So the 6th of December is the day and uh, 8.45 it opens and uh, it's yes. open for the morning. Thanks once again for for joining us on the program and uh, we look forward to hearing where you go to in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Vaughan. Erica Tandori there. And if you do a Google search for the Monash University Biomedicine Exhibition, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Otherwise, you could call the university and someone will be able to tell you how you can find out more information. Coming up a couple of days before that, on the 4th of December, in fact, right after International Day of People with a Disability, is an online and telephone-based forum for people who are Aboriginal and also blind or vision impaired. I'll read the message that was sent out uh, recently, the email message. Following on from the success of the Aboriginal Blind Persons Gathering in June 2017, Blind Citizens Australia, in conjunction with the First People's Disability Network, are proud to announce the second forum to be held on the 4th of December 2019, this time online 
and or on the phone. The historic gathering in 2017 was the first of its kind in Australia and discussions commenced regarding the formation of an Aboriginal Blind Persons Network. Aboriginal blind people came together to share their experiences and highlight the issues that place unnecessary burdens on their daily lives. In sharing their personal stories, the Aboriginal Blind People's Gathering raised a broad range of issues. It was identified that opportunities are limited for those living in regional and remote areas, and so the chance to find out about what is available and what is possible are scarce. Taking this into consideration and allowing more people to attend, the 2019 forum will be held online or you can dial in. Attendees, even those who live remotely, will be able to use a computer to click on a link or dial in on their phone and listen to speakers and to tell us their story. Attendees can also arrange together in a group where a group leader will log in online or dial in so everybody can listen and speak. The forum will last approximately two and a half hours and will incorporate three speakers who will speak through the life stages of blind Aboriginal people, children accessing early intervention and education, a young adult moving into further study or the workforce, and an older adult who has experienced changes in their vision or is engaging with the NDIS or MAC systems. The forum will be held on the 4th of December 2019, starting at 12.30pm New South Wales time. Attendees will need to register for the event. Please ring Blind Citizens Australia on 1800 033 660, that number again, 1800 033 660, or email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au to register and receive the link and the phone number, or if you would like to set up a gathering. Alternatively, please email for more information, crystal.malcolm.com at bca.org.au and I'll spell that crystal is k-r-y-s-t-e-l dot malcolm m-a-l-c-o-l-m so k-r-y-s-t-e-l dot m-a-l-c-o-l-m at bca.org.au I'm Vaughan Benison do take care I'll talk to you again next week We'll achieve the realisation of a dream of our dreams